to Planet NOLA. My name is Mary Jacobs. I'm the host. This is the podcast where we talk to people in New Orleans that I think are cool or doing cool things, except right now we're doing a special election coverage, which means we have a big election coming up in Louisiana on November 8th, and there's a lot of things that are going to be on your radar, or they need to be on your radar. And that's why we want to do special election coverage so that we can get you guys some more information. And I'm super lucky that I have some candidates that are going to come chat with me. And today, we have been graced by the presence of our representative from District 91, Mandy Landry, and she's currently running for State Senate District 5, which, if you live in New Orleans, there's a chance you might live in one of these districts, um, because it is a pretty big swath of the city. It's like Hollygrove, Town, Broadmoor, pieces of all these, right? Yeah, the House District stretches from, uh, by the way, hi y'all, hi, um, from Hollygrove down to the Irish Channel, but the Senate District is a, almost 150,000 people, yeah. So it's almost all of Uptown and then a little bit of the 7th Ward in Treme. So it's it's really big. What? Why jump from the House to the Senate? I mean, I feel like there's a natural progression there, but like, what is your personal thinking? Right. So I was elected late 2019, first time candidate, never even thought about running for office, uh, ran as an extremely progressive candidate because I could. I live in New Orleans and voters were like, hell yes, please do this. Um, And one of the reasons I ran is I'm very strongly pro-choice. I've done a lot of work in the repro world. I represented a clinic as a lawyer, uh, abortion clinic, fertility clinic, um, lots of different things. And um, there really hasn't been anyone in state office like that. And earlier this year, the state senator had to resign. She had some addiction issues. And then the Roe decision leaked. And all of a sudden, I was like, holy crap, Roe versus Wade is about to be overturned. And our state senate only has five women, and they are all pretty violently anti-choice. <sighs> like, they actually, um, the two really bad bills prohibiting um, abortion and dealing with medication abortion this year were passed by women. So I said, this is not going to last. Right. Not not while I am here. So here I am uh, running on the same progressive issues, but now everything is a little more uh, catastrophic. Feeling. Right, right. Yeah. You're just going to have to keep going. Yeah. Well, Until you, you know, run the world, it's just like you got to keep going and, and fighting for us. Yeah, I mean, and there's so many of us who have these views, but we're drowned out in Louisiana by so many men, so many Republicans. Yes, yeah. Um, but just like a lot of bad white women, too. Right. I um, mean, that's, that's the reality of our nation right now. So yeah. many white women vote against their best interests. I am really impressed by your campaign in general because you are so progressive and you, I think you represent a a new wave of politicians where you're not talking in politics anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, it makes me happy because I can relate to that more. What it does is it opens the door so that politics are less gatekept. Mm-hmm. So more people have access to understanding even what you do on a state level, right? Because you're able to speak in this not new, it's so, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, the political like the consultant language. Yes. The the stuff that means nothing. Yeah. It's just words and words when you don't want to say anything. And so I'm a, I'm a lawyer, mm-hmm. long-time lawyer by practice. So I kind of already got that, that there's legalese, but often when you're speaking to a judge or a client, you just you have to be very clear about what you're saying. And I think half of my job as an elected official is just telling people what's going on. Like, literally, this is what's happening. This is what it means. Um, I did some reels after a row came out and um, some of the lawsuits and they got like 
70,000 views, which I don't know 70,000 people. I don't even yeah. represent that. Because people just wanted to understand what was going people on. People are looking for resources. Yep. And we were just talking about this before we started recording, but you run your own social media. And we were talking about how it's very obvious when people yes. don't. Yes. You know? Yes. It's, it's a little too polished what you're doing is giving these resources giving these explanations Mm -hmm. offering value much like an influencer would you go on there and Mm -hmm. you offer value interesting i mean the thing is is politicians are influencers and if we're i am a product yes yeah you literally are (laughs) but in the same way that i'm a product right right. you know like i have this business and i'm the head of it right you quite literally are being sold and bought as a politician. I'm branded. Yeah. You're branded, you know, you, you've you got your stuff. And people on the internet, especially young people, who are the new generations of voters, mm-hmm. we can see through the BS. Yeah. So you managing your own image is very obvious. Yeah, and so a lot of that came from, like I was telling you before, I had never run for office. And so I just kind of figured this out with some friends, my best friend Nicole, who helps me run things, and a bunch of 20 and 21 year olds and just kind of figured it out <laughs> and that. um and some of it because they're the best and some of it was just necessity like I had to do so many activities but also I just as a lawyer and then just being new to this world I was very paranoid about allowing someone else to speak for me mm. and it might just be also a little bit of like stubbornness stubborn feminism in me I'm like no I can speak for myself right. I can say this and if I mess up I'm the person who messed up and so that's kind of where it came from. I also just have to say, a lot of my older colleagues are terrified of social media still. And um, they, they just get really nervous. And so I think, I've been thinking about this, that some of us newer and younger, there's ways we can work with them to get them to do maybe some videos Absolutely. and stuff like that. And they um, should be. They realistically they should, be. should be. Yeah, A lot of your constituents get all of their news on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them. And they want honesty and what has been the most interesting thing too is I probably get more media than any other Democrat aside from like the governor and like Helena in New Orleans because I talk like I respond I talk on Twitter I respond to every reporter whoever calls me and I don't think a lot of politicians and elected officials realize that Twitter is like the modern press release and the modern press conference. It's free. I just write it down and people see it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I screw it up. We all screw it up. And it's right there. And I think more people would people would know their elected officials if they would just be more genuinely like this is my opinion. Because guess what? None of us are special. Like I want to ask you something about messing up. Because you've said that a couple of times and I think I love talking about messing up because I love getting it wrong and then learning how to get it right. Mm -hmm. And I think we're forgetting how to do that. Mm -hmm. And as someone who's in the public eye leading people, what is messing up like for you? What is messing up like? Um, Speaking out of emotion Mm -hmm. and anger usually. Um, I don't regret things per se I try not to do anything I would regret but there are certainly when um something has been upsetting like my colleagues not wearing masks oh, or yeah. denying vaccines or you know Amy Coney Barrett that kind of stuff that maybe if I had waited an hour I would have said things a little differently um on the other hand people like that raw emotion um they connect with it they connect with it yeah. I've gone to the floor and like 
once was distraught over something the governor did. Um, one of the school shootings, we've had so many. I went up to have a moment of science and literally started crying halfway through it. And so I, that's not, that stuff isn't messing up per se, but I think a lot of people who are in the public eye... Um, don't show emotion? Don't show emotion. And then some of us speak before we think. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to think for a minute Absolutely. before. But the emotion is good. And more of us need to show it. And if one more person says, never let them see you cry, I'm going to scream because I cry. Yeah, I think I letting people see you cry is actually the right. I cry. It's totally. Especially if you're leading. I'm emotional. Like yeah. something upset me. Something frustrated mm-hmm. me. Usually it's frustration. And also I can't control it. There are some politicians that I wonder if they've ever cried in their lives. I think so. Like is Mitch McConnell, does he have an actual heart? I don't think he has a tear duct. No, I think there's a little like it's an empty hole there, and no tears can form. Just like pour gasoline in it or something. Yeah, like I I think there's a lot of people that are incapable of feeling those deep emotions. And if you can't feel deep emotions, then how are you supposed to connect with people and lead them? I listen. I'm all about showing emotions. Mm -hmm. I was interested to see what you meant by messing up because what's considered messing up to me is always interesting, right? Yeah, and and maybe that's not the right word sometimes. It's also just been getting used to this. And I can see how someone new to politics without, like, legal training or someone who's a lot younger could suddenly find themselves in hot water. But it's important to be real. And especially the emotions I'll get some of my colleagues, especially the male ones. You can't be upset about this. You can't take it personally. I said, I never want to not be upset. Yeah. I always want to be upset about some of this Be in touch with my feelings. Hello. Right, right, right. Women should rule the world. I'm team (laughs) women should run everything. Period, 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 period. Well, we can allow anyone under 30. Yeah. No matter how they identify. They've already got it figured out. They are so compassionate. I, Gen Z is like my fave. And wh- I, what's behind them? I don't know what they're called, but I love Gen Z. They could be my children is, is what I call them. <laughs> oh, it's got Gen Y? No. I don't know. I don't know. No. No. Gen I just y know was... that some of them ma'am me, and I'm like, you can ma'am me. I could be your mom. They ma'am you? Yeah. Aww. It's actually really sweet. But also, I realize, I'm like, yep, I... Uh, not even your team mom. I can be your mom. <laughs> I can be your actual mother. <laughs> You're a huge advocate for sex workers. I, yes. Which yes. is the most progressive platform because people won't even talk, talk about, about sex it. workers. Well, no they won't even acknowledge that they exist. Mm-mm. Yeah, they won't want to talk about sex. Don't get them started on sex. <laughs> but sex workers and the idea that sex work is real work yeah. and that the more protections that we can get for sex workers, the safer those women will be. It won't, sex work's not gonna go away if we act like it's not happening. Well, it is profession. Yeah, yep. everyone knows this. Mm-hmm. And you actually talked about it. Yeah, um, that's an interesting story. So 2021 was when we ran the bill to decriminalize sex work that's in Louisiana. And uh, the the difference with legalizing is we don't want to have a list of sex workers and tax them. We just want people to stop being arrested for it. And it came about because um, I had a bunch of meetings the prior year with some people from Women with a Vision and um, other advocates in the community. And I said, I want to work with y'all. I love everything you do. Do you want to do some, say, um, sentencing reform issues or do you want to go big? And they said, we want to go big. All right. Um, and it was probably beside them and the high school students on conversion therapy we can talk about that another podcast um we're the best advocates i've ever worked with they know their issue they care about it deeply entrenched in it 
And, you know, you and I can agree on principle about sex work is work and they should, anyone who engages in it, a lot of uh, trans women too, um, the men get ignored, um, but it's mostly women still. Um, on principle, you know, they should be safe. What gets people who seem so leery about it and puritanical and I say, hey, porn's legal. Yeah. And they get really taken aback and I say, yeah, so if there's someone with a camera and uh, the government's making money off it and taxes, then you can pay someone for sex. But two individuals can't just consensually Why do does it. that make any sense? It doesn't make any I've sense. I've never heard anyone explain it that does way, but not it's make so any sense. true. You can have sex on camera for money. You can have sex in a relationship for a house or a bag or something else, mm-hmm. but you can't exchange dollars without paying taxes to someone. Yeah, I know. It's my it doesn't blood. make any sense. Is it decriminalized in any states? No, I th- and, and you know, well, what about Vegas? Don't they have so they have uh, what is it, the one county that oh, has brothels okay. and heavily regulated and all that? Um, it is, it has been a process that it's been started around the country for a few years. As far as we could tell, we were the only, we are the only state legislature who actually heard the bill. And I'm really proud of my former colleague, um, Ted James, who's the chairman, who had a masterful performance as chair. He gave everyone their time. He kept the room calm. Um, And there wasn't really a lot of ruckus. There were some preacher types. Um, But it was a great hearing. And everyone everyone got to say their piece. And I think a lot of people were educated, which is the point of starting stuff like this. It's how you start. It's starting it and educating. And, you know, the other side to this, too, is everyone brings up trafficking. I'm like, that's a crime. Mm -hmm. If sex work was legal or decriminalized, Trafficking is a crime. That means the person is too young mm-hmm. or they do not consent to being Against there. Against their it's will. Yeah. Always a crime. Yes. Right now, some of the people who work on the street have told advocates, some of us, that they know who shouldn't be there mm. because of youth or they don't want to, but they're afraid also to go to law enforcement because then everyone gets all wrapped up in it. Right, yeah. So it's um, it's a complicated issue and it's also the other side of the coin to abortion consent what you want to do with your body mm-hmm. period it is all related sex work abortion fertility treatments mm-hmm. oh you're rich and you want to have a baby well she's not and she doesn't want to have one mm-hmm. so it's all related to bodily autonomy and um hopefully people like us will help educate and learn i didn't know anything about it until a couple years ago and i learned everything i could i mean it's great that you've started the conversation the idea that you even made a bunch of louisiana legislators like sit down (laughs) and have to listen to someone explain why sex work should be decriminalized and like the various reasons why it's legitimate Mm -hmm. really gets me going it makes me so happy (laughs) it makes me so happy go back and watch the hearing it was like half the day i have to watch it every radical movement has had to start somewhere Mm-hmm. There's ha- there like you are laying some groundwork there, and it's seen and appreciated. Um, tell me about your district a little bit. Like, what what are you thinking? The one you're currently in, mm-hmm. and maybe the one that it's about to become. I mean, they're very similar neighborhoods, yes. right? Yes. Um, what are what are some needs of your district? How do you see yourself going forward? Once you mm-hmm. inevitably win state senate, I'm manifesting. <laughs> I, I manifest here. I did it for Devante. everyone. I'll do it for you. Yeah. Uh, one of the. 21 year olds the other day he's like speak it into existence miss landry yes cute um ma'am landry ma'am landry i know (laughs) so my house district is extremely diverse age race education everything it's uh 56 female 55 african-american 
Um, I'm one of three reps who, uh, legislators, excuse me, who represents a majority minority district. It goes Irish Channel, Garden District, Hollygrove, Mile and Broadmoor. Um, it, it looks like, cuts like the down city. Like Carrollton, kind of, right? Yeah, it kind of makes this like snake sort yeah. of. I live around Austin Baptist, so okay. it's, I live like in the middle. Um, and it's very, to me, reflective of the city, pretty close to demographics of the city. And um, it's, it's almost entirely Democratic. Mm-hmm. And then the Senate district is a little bit bigger, um, still mostly women. The racial demographics are a little um, lower, um, mm. slightly. It's still, it's plural, plural, plurality white, but we have a lot of people in the city, 10% in this district, who identifies uh, Hispanic, Asian, biracial, um, I'm glad that we have more categories like that. Yeah. So the the two districts are heavily Democratic um, and are, to me, the most, they're the most progressive areas of the state. My colleagues in the paper looks at it as, oh, it's the most liberal because the most people voted for Biden. And I'm like, a lot of Democrats voted for Biden, mm-hmm. but they and I do not have the same views totally. on a yeah, lot of you, things. You, know? you are what I would call more the the progressive yeah the, the very liberal the yeah you're not i don't feel like you're a very establishment democrat not even a little um and sometimes i've just taken to calling myself lefty because the word progressive has gotten a little yes um clustered the word i use for myself is radical but that mm. has now been co-opted by the right because they are really radical they are radical the i just kind right. of say lefty liberal and i'll joke about it i'll be like you know i'm the flaming liberal friend and they yeah. kind of laughed you know um and because the moderate democrat scheme is kind of gross to me um the louisiana state democratic party again another podcast don't get them a dollar <laughs> um seriously not a dollar um but there is pl- there are plenty of Democrats, not just in New Orleans, but throughout the state that are looking forward. And I know because I hear from them. Yeah. Like, I adopt people. They right. ask oh, my rep never votes in my favor. I, I really like you. And I'm like, I'll adopt you. Yeah, you can you come know, down. I'll speak for you. <laughs> so, yeah, there's and there's more of us, you know, white and black, male, female, old and young throughout the state. That Those old liberals are diehard. Yeah. I mean, they will fight someone for you. Yeah. Um, so we're everywhere. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, we have to take a quick break. Sure. We'll be right back. Hello, it's your host, Mary Jacobs. I'm sitting here with my producer, Carrie Mulder, and we are so excited to be bringing you Planet NOLA this episode and every episode. We really believe in this podcast Mm -hmm. and the work it's doing in New Orleans to build community, to reach out to people, um, and we really love what we do. Yeah, we love our guests, we love our audience, our listeners, we love each other. It's just a big love fest. So if you love this podcast and you believe in what we're doing, it would mean the world to us if you considered subscribing to our Patreon. We've just launched it. The lowest tier is $5. Mm-hmm. And we are just really trying to get this podcast to pay for itself a little bit, mm-hmm. um, maybe support ourselves just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We're both creative people who have a lot of projects, and this is a big one in our lives. So if mm-hmm. you love it as much as we love it, um, it would mean the world to us if you considered subscribing. There is bonus content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. It takes a deep dive into the episode, kind of circle back to some of the topics they've been fun yeah we basically record with the guests as soon as we're done their episode and do a more candid version of their podcast it's shorter but it's more self-effacing and it feels like just real real yeah it's it's bts behind the scenes it's the bts so if you want more planet nola content you could subscribe to our patreon and Mm -hmm. get it it would mean so much to us so okay we'll let you go back to your episode now but please consider thank you bye 
This episode of Planet NOLA is brought to you by Vitality Community Fitness. Vitality is a functional training gym located in Metairie, Louisiana. And at Vitality, we focus on members as individuals. That's right. We don't lump people together. We don't assume that everybody has the same goals when they step into our gym. We also don't push things like body ideals or diet culture. We try to focus on the full person and we try to give an experience that matches that. We've got incredible coaches. We've got an incredible community. And if you're looking for a place to call your new gym home, consider checking us out. We offer a three free class trial. That's right. Literally no commitment. You can try three of our classes in a week to see if our gym is for you because ultimately we want people who want to be there. And if it sounds like this might be the space for you, please consider checking us out. You can go to vitalitycommunityfitness.com, click the contact button and get started. And we're back. I'm still here with Mandy Landry, and we are talking about her upcoming race. It's currently, I mean, it's ongoing, but you guys need to go vote on November 8th. Um, Mandy, we were just talking about how many more very progressive, very liberal, more lefty Democrats we're getting in general, Mm -hmm. but also in the state of Louisiana. Like Devante, who was here Mm -hmm. last week, um, even Gary Chambers, like... I reached out to um, Tia LeBrun. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll have her, but if you're watching, Tia, love to have you. Um, I'm interested in this kind of shift. It feels like it's happening. Are you noticing it more? A little bit and not enough. Um, You know, there's a lot of Democrats in New Orleans and your major cities. But like I was telling you, they're everywhere. We need an apparatus, and some of us have been talking about it, to help and encourage people running for police jury in these little parishes. We don't even have that here. It's a parish council. And the local school boards. And, I mean, there's little towns of 500 people that have a mayor of 500 people, which wild kind of blew my mind considering our city. And, you know, that's what Republicans did for so long is they built this farm team. And they got their people on these little races, a $10,000 race, a $20,000 race. That's nothing. And then once you're in office, people start to know you and you get elected. We can do that, too. Right. Um, a lot of people just pay attention to this state Senate race. John Kennedy has like $50 million. I'm so glad people it's are running against I him. I just watched. I looked today, actually. Oh, this year. But no, he's sitting on more. Oh, I'm sure he's sitting on more. Yeah. But I, as of right now, what he's campaign claiming yeah. is Yeah, And I love Gary, too. And I'm going to vote for and Gary, he's at, too. And he's got 1.5. Yeah. To, to, to John's 28 or whatever right. it is. And um, I'm glad he's running. But, like, I would love for, you know, future Gary to run for the state office or the local office because that's how we get started and i think only people in your big cities think of doing that but you can do that in these little areas if you're known enough and people trust you and sometimes it just takes a little bit of money and that's how you build an infrastructure and our national party isn't doing it our state party isn't doing it national orgs aren't going to do it and i think if this state is going to do it. Like everyone asks, well, where's our Stacey Abrams? I'm like, I don't think she's been born here yet, but yeah. we can help make the or climate better for her. maybe she was born here and she was so disenfranchised <laughs> because Louisiana treats yeah, black yeah. women so poorly yep. that she never got to make it to her political seats. I, I hear you. I, uh, everyone always says run for something. Uh, Bob, you know Bob Morrell? Mm-hmm. Had Bob on as well. I love Bob. Brought him up last time too. But Bob is always like, run for something. Run for something. And that's what people are – what you just kind of said, how like Republicans have gotten these like smaller races Mm -hmm. and built up this like 
artillery, for lack of a better word, Literally. of of these candidates who have political backgrounds now because mm-hmm. they've put them in all these places that does need to be happening in these smaller positions. Yep. It's people to run for things. Not everyone wants to run for office or can. No, no, So then uh, we need people to help run the campaigns, to help show them how to raise money, to just hold their hand, to do social media. To have them on their their podcast. Um, Because some people just, you know, are not everyone is going to run. I didn't think I was going to do it till the day I sat down and decided. Um, so we need people to we need the infrastructure to do all this and we but we definitely need people to look around them and a lot of that a lot of this responsibility is going to fall on our poor friends in far-flung places who are like the only democrats in the area yeah because um, they stayed right. when they could have left mm-hmm. and um you know that's a big responsibility for them but then there's a lot of us. There was a brain drain out of the state. I left in the 90s after high school and never thought I would come back here. Um, my dad was sick. The city changed. And then here I am elected. Because right. sometimes you have an obligation to places. Right. So I think the younger people, but also, frankly, some of these retired people, I'm like, you have time. You have time and you principles and a little that? bit of money. So don't tell me politics is a younger person's game exclusively. It's It's we need the younger ones. But if you are retired... Go work on a campaign. Why is it that lawyers always become politicians? Um, well, we're very verbal. <laughs> very, very verbal. Um, trained to consume a lot of information. I noticed in the legislature, I don't know how some of my colleagues who aren't lawyers do it. There's just so much information. Um, our careers can be a little more flexible. Um, I was always in a firm. Now I do some contract work on my own. Mm-hmm. Different than like a teacher has to go to a classroom every day. Right. And so when you see teachers in office, they're usually retired um, because it's difficult right. to be it's in office. Consuming. You know what we need more of? Doctors and nurses. Mm-hmm. We don't. We have one nurse practitioner in our entire legislature. Whoa. Yeah. And here you have the state of Louisiana making really stupid decisions on health care. Right. And no medical professionals in the legislature advising them like i just want one i just want one doctor yeah i i I like the idea of there being like a slice of people like like if you cut it then there should be true representation but it's just not the reality it doesn't pay um i mean this is financially like is finances are probably the reason i'll leave this because it's just almost impossible if i had children i wouldn't be able to do this um they don't pay you on purpose the time constraints are weird. It's supposed to be part-time. It's not. Yeah. It's much of the time. And a lot of this is by design to make it so that um, there are huge barriers to entry, um, no matter what elected position. And so that stuff has to change. And we always talk about it. Everyone talks about it and nothing seems to change. But there are there are ways to do it. And, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's women who – are the most I wouldn't say scared but wary because they know how hard it is like especially if you have children however when women decide to run for office they win just as much if not more than men love to hear it we love to hear it because we like to see a woman on the Mm -hmm. ballot but women have a way harder time raising money and black women have the worst hardest time raising money dang I believe that all that so um I try to give to local candidates for women as much as possible even if it's just a few bucks Every little bit helps. See my name mm-hmm. sometimes on that report helps. Like, but the system is set up like we just talked about. Rigged. To favor certain people. Rigged. And why are we not more outraged? Why, 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 why? Like, why are we not talking about it more and more and more and more? 
A lot of it is stuff that's hard for people to understand. I think that's a lot what of it is. it is. Yeah, well, it's intentionally. It goes confusing. back to our first point of making all of this easier for people to understand, and it has gotten better. I mean, I have people talking to me about the electoral college and the filibuster mm-hmm. that I'm like, I don't know if I don't know if I could talk to you about some of these issues and they are on it i'm back to saying social media has changed Mm -hmm. the game tiktok is a wealth of knowledge people will sit there and explain the electoral college to you in a 10-part video series it like you're a baby and you understand it in a way that you never did in civics ap you know like the internet has changed Mm -hmm. the game yeah yeah and that's what people watch i do um paid digital for the campaign, you know, organic is just us talking and whatever. My dogs, as we all know. Well, not everyone knows, actually. Mm-hmm, and then don't. the paid digital is only going to voters because this little computer I carry around is so creepy, as we all know. It, it knows, knows who's registered to vote. Well, it knows what earrings I'm going to buy, and uh. I do from Instagram. <laughs> but um, it knows if you – it knows pretty well if you're not just – going to vote if you're a voter in my district Mm. Um, because they're able to have all these clues the same way it knows like am I on my period yeah um do I have children like sometimes I'd be seeing ads on Facebook and Instagram that I'm like I just thought about that one because it knows because I thought about it and then now it's on my phone it knows all of the things and so the paid digital because why would you just beam your message to the whole city it's a waste goes and finds people and uh, all these things I've learned from the last few years. And people only want like five or 15 seconds of video, occasionally mm-hmm. 30, mm-hmm. if it looks interesting enough. Because we you all you got to really be giving them value. Tiny, if it's tiny be long. attention spans. Yes. Even I explain then, this to people yeah. all the time because I run social media. Right. For you a do living. lots of social media. You, you exactly. If you're going to make them watch for more than 15 seconds, you better be engaging. And you have to grab them yes. immediately. You better be giving them something of value, either entertaining them, teaching them something. Like it needs to be smart and it has really to look good. Oh, yeah. I need words on the screen because Absolutely. I. It, if I turn the volume on for you, yeah, that's true. We're in love. People are very people. <laughs> people love. will be sliding into my DMs if I do not put captions on my stories. Like I'm not watching it. Yeah, I, I get it. You. I'm, I'm a sound on girl. I'm a sound on. Oh, girl. this phone never makes noise. And read. I sound on <laughs> and I read. I do both. I okay. do both. Okay. I need both. Um, well, I, I I'm just so pleased that these things exist. I mean, I mm-hmm. hate them. I hate them so much, but I love them. I love the ability. They're not good or bad. The, yes, exactly. I love the ability. I mean, I hate my addiction to it. How's well, that? How's when that? It, every week when it's like your screen time was up, I'm like, no. how far is it going to go? <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be like glued right here at some point. Um, I am grateful to them because it does seem like I'm able, like I feel like I already knew you before you came in because mm-hmm. you, once again, you run your own social media. So yep. you're able to present yourself in a really authentic way. And you're reaching out to a new generation of voters. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful for that. And I hope more people start doing it. I think they will. That's half the point. I, I mean, that's literally half the point um, of doing this is for people like that were, I'm just an elected person. So is the governor. He is a man. He right. makes mistakes. And people flip out when you point out, you know, things he does wrong. Well, no one cares when they yell at the mayor obviously oh never everyone no, can no. yell at the mayor yeah but there are certain people at office that people think like they're jesus and i'm like no they're he's a really good person yeah expanding medicaid was oh one of the best God, things yeah. that's ever happened to the state let me give you a little fact these are these are things that your elected officials should tell you 
Um, you know, since COVID started, well, you might not know this. Um, anyone who was on Medicaid or who has since gotten on Medicaid has not gotten kicked off yet um, because they didn't want people to get off. They wanted COVID. them to have, um, yeah. And so they're going to have to start, I don't, well, they're not going to have to start rolling off. Supposedly they're going to roll people off. Over half of our state is on Medicaid right now. Like 2 million people. Because our state is poor. And because people should have health care. Yeah. Like, we should all just be on health care. So now I have insurance. I always am like, well, do I want to go pay out of pocket for, you know, hit my deductible? I got to get this much. It's like you overthink it. It's like, my stomach hurts. I should go to the doctor. Right. <laughs> like, we shouldn't be bartering in our head if we can afford it. I was just joking. I went to a follow-up appointment and got an ultrasound. And I was, I didn't know what the ultrasound was going to cost me. I was really anxious at getting the bill. First time using my new health insurance. And I was like, you know, if there was a price tag. Outside of that ultrasound room. Oh, uh, no one would go. Yeah. Maybe I would have been like, oh, do I really need this ultrasound? And then my next thought is, that's dark. That is dark. But it's true. I mean, I remember when I was younger and even a few years ago, you know, you go to the clinic or, you know, you pay the $10 copay and whatever. Now, every time I go to the women's urgent care, it's like $100. And you're right. If they put that on it, sometimes I would think twice about it. And this, I'm connecting to reproductive issues because mm-hmm. I tell every young group I talk to, I'm like, reject NOLA, plan B NOLA. Yeah. Look it up. Do not not take your emergency contraception because it is $50. Yeah. Because we've all skipped it. Yeah. Because it's $50. Yeah. And you might not have $50. And it's garbage. $50 it should not be $50. is a lot cheaper than having to travel to Illinois to go get an you abortion. Know, but it should be $0. Zero. Plan B NOLA. Plan B NOLA. Plan B NOLA. If you have the slightest suspicion that you had unprotected sex, something slipped, you might not remember something, call them, they will literally bring it to you. Whoa, really? They're awesome, donate to them. Um, They're um, a subgroup of REJAC, um, Reproductive Justice Action Center. Um, But Plan B, NOLA, like y'all post row, you have to, if you are having sex with men or you might think about it, you need to be on birth control or you need to have it accessible and you need to know how to get emergency contraception because you're right, going to Illinois is not going to happen for everyone. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. Um, the whole point of that story was, yeah, it should be free, not $50 because people will not do that, because will not buy Plan B because it's $50. It's so true. It's that was a so long story. True. That was a long story to work in my little But we were also working Plan in B other Nola. stuff too <laughs> and like certain politicians, you know, yeah, yeah, being yeah. angels and others not. It, you're elected, right? You're mm-hmm. your state senate district five. What is first year for you? What are your dream moves? Everything you can do, you can do in that year. Tell me what they are. So next year, um, and we've already started working on it. Whatever chamber I'm in, is fixing slash improving our abortion prohibition. I'm going to be real- realistic. We're we're not repealing it next year. That's not going to happen. But we desperately need to broaden the life of the mother exception. Um, doctors are freaking out. Patients are freaking out. Hospital administrators, administrators are freaking out. They don't know what to do. They don't want to lose a patient. They don't want to get arrested, all this. So we're working on that already. We don't have a rape and incest exception. Horrible. Um, which, obviously, on principle, people like you and me think there shouldn't be exceptions. It should just be legal for everyone. Legal, yeah. um, but anyway, rape and incest exception, legal personhood is in the law. Another podcast on how bad that is. So we have to fix those things. And we need to double, triple, quadruple down on maternal health investments. I've already started doing that. Probably the most important thing I've passed, back to Medicaid, we have another $20 million investment um, in our state in postpartum health care. 
Um, it is specifically for women who give birth on Medicaid. So two-thirds of babies born in our state are born to someone on Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're a poor Half state. Half the state is yeah. on Medicaid. Yeah. Um, 80% of them stay on because they're extra poor. 20% of of people who give birth on Medicaid will roll off at 60 days, which is like horrific. You think about kicking someone off medical care at 60 days, but they do. Um, this 20 million extra a year keeps everyone on for a year. So mom goes to the doctor, baby goes to the doctor. Um, our maternal mortality rates are hopefully, hopefully lowered. Um, the whole point of that story is I've always worked on maternal health issues since the beginning. You know, they've we've always needed those investments, and now we need them even more because we are going to have so many more unplanned pregnancies. So many more babies. And it's going to be to women, not just who are poor, but who um, – you know, for physical reasons, like it's kind of dangerous or questionable for them to be pregnant. And those are going to be more high risk pregnancies, too. So we have a lot to do on maternal health care issues. Um, and my major non non reproductive issue is uh, homeowners insurance. Oh, my God. Everyone. Oh, We've I know. I know that a little bit here. It's a nightmare. Everyone's freaking out as they should be. It's a nightmare. Catastrophic. If we can't get how did insurance. this happen? 63% it went up, right? The climate change is a big old bitch and has been just dramatically. I mean, we don't have a coast, you know. I mean, I know that, but these companies, it's just insurance. It's all of the above. It's, yeah. Ugh. It's all of the above. And, like, look, the insurance companies, I look at them like they're like, look, like, if we insure all these people in this risky area, then, like, literally there's not going to be any money and the business isn't going to be there. So I feel like it's not so much them as um, we need to think about who are we protecting? Do we have hazard mitigation? Um, Enough of it, you know, elevated homes. Are we requiring new buildings to be built safer? We're not. Yeah, really. that's what I'm wondering. I'm like, what are the safeguards now? That We're not doing enough. Yeah. People haven't thought about it. There's flood walls, but there's also what are you doing? And the insurance companies keep going bankrupt because every year we have more and more disasters. And that's why they're not coming back. I don't care what carrot you dangle. Like, if they're just going to go bankrupt next year because another Ida happened, no one's going to have health insurance. I think the feds have to step in. Yeah. That has to happen. Yeah. And long-term, like federal flood insurance. And um, What a dream. Heavy topic, but, you know, we have to start thinking about some of our low-lying areas of some of those communities within a generation, if not sooner, are going to have to start moving because mm-hmm. um, they're we just can't ensure their safety no, after yeah. a while. Um, but those are deep conversations. But that's actually, I think, what is going to be more important than anything next year um, is the ability to pay for homeowners or find it. Yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be rough. What if, I mean, I'm an elected official and a lawyer. And if mine goes up 63%, like, uh, mom? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't like. I, you know? I don't own a home. And I'm like, I certainly can't now, you know. There's I that. do have flood insurance at my business, though. And I'm not ready to pay that, however much it's going to go up. Well, but all this gets filtered down. Like you might be renting now, but the person who owns it suddenly next year, their their home, right. uh, what they own on it goes from two thousand to eight thousand. Yes, yes. And then they're like, either I have to charge you more or I have to sell it. Yeah. Um. That's you know, there's 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 a greedy landlord side of a lot of this, but also it's like I can't afford this property. Right. Um. So there's gonna be a lot of hard choices, and I don't know who's gonna own all the property. The banks, I guess. The banks. 
some very rich corporations are going to buy them up and turn them all into Airbnbs. Well, we've kind of halfway there. Yeah, I mean, it's already parts happening. The city. It's yeah. already happening. In parts of the city. Um, and that's the fault of elected officials. I am well aware. I could talk about Airbnb. I haven't had a whole episode on it, but I really could and I should, honestly. I need to have someone from the Jane Place Initiative here oh, yeah. to talk okay. about that. Or I'd Fair s- Housing Alliance. Yes, They're yes. Great. Fair Housing Renters' Rights Assembly is another mm-hmm. one that I really want. Mm-hmm. We ask everybody the same last question here. You may know it. I it, don't. Okay, it's this. Um, I like to have people on this podcast that I think are cool or doing cool things in New Orleans primarily. Who's the first person that comes to mind when I say that? Do you think I need to talk to? The next cool person doing cool things. Um, have you had any trans advocates on? No. You want to talk about people who live at the intersection of a lot of different issues. Um, Mariah Moore, who ran okay, for yeah. District D. Um, my friend, Britton uh, Forsyth. Um Dylan Wagsback, um, a lot of people whose names no one knows and may not want their name known. Right. Is Mariah Wood, didn't, is that uh, the person Tula, that started the Tulip House of Tulip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know that person. Um, and I say that because uh, when I worked with women with a vision on, on the sex work bill, there's a lot of um, trans advocates who do that. There are a lot of people identify as trans who live sort of on the edges because it's hard for them to get housing or jobs or just basic safety. And so I think um, highlighting highlighting and recognizing the knowledge that they have of where so many things go wrong and um, what needs to be done is, you know, if, if they're willing to share it, would be a good idea for, okay. for y'all. And um, I can help you do that. And well, thanks. You know, we just have to be careful of our friends who are constantly asked for Oh, for advice on that. Because, um, look, I do this for a living, but not everyone does. But I think definitely our, our the LGBT community in general, but in particular um, trans people and, and, and black and brown members and, frankly, a lot of people who don't want to fit or purposely don't fit any label um, have less to tell us if they want to. If they want to, yeah. That's, that's the real thing. I'm always kind of like – toting that line of like I'm basically asking for favors with this podcast but maybe not for long because we're applying for grants so my hope is a good idea my hope is to be able to pay people for their time (laughs) as I think we should so we're getting there uh, some of us who like I said this is part of the job for me I won't be doing it forever right for people like you Um, where it is part of your job you're very comfortable but for the people that are like a lot of of people I'm talking about are like culture bearers storytellers people that are literally giving me their story to share with the world it's like so often those people's photos are taken and their stories are co-opted yep. Yep. and they're never paid so i'm just like i'm trying no, no, to get that money absolutely pay people absolutely absolutely do that and to seek out people who are more comfortable talking i love people or talking it might be part of their job <laughs> you know i know how to talk, talk i love but, it but um yeah i think those would be some good areas well manny this has been so lovely i really really appreciate making this stop on your campaigning yeah i just i feel like i've been campaigning for this seed for a year it's only been since well, I guess since June. Um, three more weeks from today. If you don't know who you're going to vote for or what's going to be on your ballot, you can go to GoVote, G-E-A-U-X, vote. Um, it's just a snappy little app. Or you can go to the website and see what's going to be on your ballot. So, for instance, if you live in the state of Louisiana, um, U.S. Senator is going to be on it no matter what. Vote for anyone but Kennedy. I like Gary. Um, I'm voting for Gary James. Yeah, me too. Um, but if you live... In so my district, Carrie, the producer, yeah. the producer also yeah, wants yeah, you to yeah. know she's also voting for Gary Chambers. Yeah, 
But if you live in my district, I'll be in your ballot. If you live in the East, there's a school board race. Um, there's, Ooh. you know, lots of different things And that stuff on. matters. School board Absolutely. races matter. All of these things matter. So go look it up. Early in-person voting begins next week, the 25th. Um, there's four locations in the city, but the easiest one to remember is City Hall. You can go in person. I usually do it because it might rain election day. You might get sick. My early voting location is the Lakeview, yep. like, a creative kind of Somewhere center. Somewhere Lakeview, yeah. Yes, I go. I like early Lakeview, vote. Lakeview, City Hall. There's an Algiers option, and there's one, uh, is it on Bullard? Somewhere further out east. But um, all of this is easily available, and you can go do it in person, or you can go on election day. And uh, if you have ever been interested in volunteering or working on a campaign, that's me. Um, all are welcome. Door knocking, phone banking, get out the vote is fun. Um, people think campaigns are like these like offices with all these people running around. No, right. this is where the campaign happens. They're actual happens. people, yeah. <laughs> this is where the campaign happens and we give you the information and we tell you to go forth and spread it. And that's kind of what happens. But it's fun. Um, you know, I never thought I'd be doing this either. So. <laughs> well, you're doing it and you're doing it big and we really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. And I, I have high hopes for you. I'm trying to manifest all of my people getting in there. So, I mean, I can't vote for you, but if I could, um, I would. Everyone has friends. Everyone has social media. Yes. Um, some people might have a wealthy aunt or uncle who's give, a flaming liberal. Give the money Send right them here. this way. Um, I will be. Th- I would be the only pro-choice female in our state senate and literally the only person in the legislature who has any real knowledge of this issue um yeah, and so we got to get you in yeah, there yeah it's important and we need more people to run who are not part of political machines another podcast that's what we were just saying like we want a slice podcast. of all the people like more people run yep. for things if you have an inkling if not you who like why not why not you you know Exactly. You got to start somewhere is what I always say. We have uh, lots of races coming up next year in a new state house district. So I'm happy to, you'll see me posting about it and discussing it. And um, I think we need to start talking about that stuff now. Let's start talking about it. We'll keep talking about it. Y'all, this has been Mandy Landry. Y'all need to get out and vote in this election. We're going to get you some more coverage uh, as the weeks go on. And thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much, Mandy. Thanks for having me. Be in touch, y'all. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you again to this episode's guest. Planet NOLA is produced by Carrie Mulder and Mary Jacobs. If you liked what you heard here, please consider subscribing to us on YouTube or all your social media platforms and pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. Also, if you really, really liked this episode, think about subscribing to our Patreon where we have tons of bonus content from this episode and more. It starts at just $5 a month and it would mean the world to us. Thanks so much, y'all, and be in touch.